introduce it and then I can take over? No, it, it says it was deleted off Facebook. It's showing live now. It says that it's deleted though. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it's saying that it's deleted. So, uh, all right. I'll let you go ahead and start here. I guess yep. we are live some places, just not. We are everywhere. live somewhere. We're definitely okay. live. So, right. yeah. Okay. I will welcome everyone, Charnel. Um, hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in and joining us. This is the show, The Truth Matters. Um, I'm Craig Walker. I'm in the north of England. Um, I'm with my good friend, that side, uh, Dr. Charnel. You okay? You've had a bit of um, trouble before logging on, some tech issues and things. Very much tech issues going on. So, yes. <laughs> but happy. Hopefully, this will keep its internet connection through the show. I, I'm just, everybody send good vibes. Yeah, yeah, we'll be fine. And if, if you if you jump out, whatever, we'll just keep flowing. Don't worry about it and just jump on. Um, but I am absolutely mega excited. I've just been chatting with our guest today offline. Um, and this is going to be a one heck of a conversation. Um, so, Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Craig, Dr. Shrinell, pleasure to be on your show. <laughs> Thank you very much. Now, like I say, we were just talking and I kept saying, Oh, we should be recording this. So um, I guess we'll start from, from from where we where we were before. I mean, if you could give a little bit about your background um, and where you've come from, um, and we'll just take it from there, if that's okay. All right. Um, let's see. <laughs> 20 years ago, I joined uh, 20 witnesses that went before the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. Um, uh, this was one of the largest events in the history of the National Press Club. You know, myself being an ex-ABC newsman, 22 cameras in the back row. What was being disclosed? Uh, my God, uh, I had a minor testimony when I was in the Navy. I was in Naval Communications with a high-level top-secret security clearance. And uh, <clears throat> getting reports from ships, reporting um, disks that were 70 feet in diameter, coming off port bow, the shooting straight up into space, secret classified reports going to chief naval operations. My testimony was just a minor supplement compared to the other witnesses that were describing 57 different extraterrestrial species already categorized that we've had faster than light craft built back in the 1950s, that there's bases on the other side of the moon, the NASA's airbrushing out the UFOs before releasing to the public, the astronauts are sworn to secrecy, what happened when they went to the moon back in 1969, you know, nuclear uh, silos being shut down, presidents, CIA directors being denied access uh, illegally, uh, that we've had zero-point energy that could alleviate the need for nuclear oil and coal, uh, you know, on and on. There's just so many explosive testimonies. And I was, you know, looking at these 22 cameras in the back row and looking at the place was packed with reporters asking questions. And I was thinking, my God, you know, I'm participating in an event that's going to be a world-changing event. How could... So any of this information get out into the mainstream and not uh, have a whole lot of people asking a whole lot of questions, you know? Uh, 
so uh, I started to get an education on what uh, what the media is actually about uh, when we saw what happened with CNN and the rest of the media. CBS wanted to do a one-on-one -on -one interview with me. And I told them I'm not, I saw what CNN did. What they were able to do, the, the intelligence community calls it a, a, a limited hangout where if they want to keep the public from becoming aware of something, what they do is they tell part of the story that's true, but they omit all the explosive information that would, um, you know, get out there that they don't want to get out there. Yeah. And so what they made it sound like is we wanted to have a congressional hearing on simply the reality of UFOs. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when CBS uh, interviewed me one-on-one, -on -one, I said, I'm not going to do this interview unless I can say we have the scientists that can prove, you know, put it on the table, show it working, zero-point energy device. Mm. and they said absolutely we'll, we'll let you say that and afterward the producers i never had this happen before uh the higher executives you know which are connected to the intelligence community mm -hmm. made me cut that part out and so to to cut out a um piece of information that would alleviate the need for nuclear oil and coal on the planet Obviously, the intelligence communities are are not looking in the best interest of everybody on this planet. Absolutely. And so afterward, uh, this was 20 years ago. This was May 9th, 2001. Uh, you know, I've been, you know, ever since 1969, it, it got my curiosity, you know, getting these secret classified reports of uh, extraterrestrial, you know, in an official naval uh, communications. And I've researched over the decades. And then I really started the research starting, because uh, I didn't even know what Operation Mockingbird was back in 2001. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so, um, uh, you know, today, I, uh, I just feel like it's uh, important that the public know that we've been deceived. Mm -hmm. There's been an infiltration and that our media is controlled at the highest level centrally in order to uh, move forward on an agenda that is against the, uh, the people of the world. And, um, and so that's a little bit about me. Oh, there's so many questions there. Um, I mean, first thing that came to my mind was, you know, they're really, really pushing this um, climate change narrative, um, you know, and it's the same people that have um, hidden this information of free energy. Um, and now all of a sudden when it, when it serves the agenda, they're now trying to get away with, do away with fossil fuels. How would you, would you comment on that at all? Is that, is that something that, that you're sort of privy to in that, you know, the say this, we talk about this deep state cabal and they're now pushing this climate change narrative, aren't they? Um, and, and I'm all for being greener, but, but oh, why, yeah, me too. why would you uh, have the, the technologies <laughs> that could have solved the problem? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I live off the grid on the mountains, completely, fairly self-sufficient. Um, so, yeah, I'm all totally into uh, green energy. In fact, I'm into, um, you know, replacing all these dangerous nuclear power plants, you know, with uh, 
clean energy, taking down the whole grid, starting out mass production of these zero-point energy devices. So everybody, every home and business can have a little little box that gives you all the multiple kilowatts you need to run everything. In fact, you don't even need to charge your electric vehicle. You just have one of these uh, in your vehicle. And uh, yeah, everything could be... The thing is, is that the technology that we have, you know, as I mentioned to you previously, Craig, I... Um, I uh, I saw what the Bush administration did by denying mm-hmm. the scientists that we had that could prove the zero-point energy. Yeah. And so I volunteered for 10 years. I've met with scientists and inventors around the planet that claim to have over-unity technology. And it was a horror story. I, I gave up in the year 2014 um, doing that because... Uh, some were suicided, many murdered, uh, national security orders. To most of them, there's a uh, kind of secret system within the patent office called the Sensitive Application Warning System. Anybody that has a uh, anti-gravity, free energy, anything along that line, they automatically get issued what's called a national security order, which states that your invention has been deemed to be a detriment to the national security of the United States. Therefore, you cannot share it with anybody. And anybody you've shared it with, we need to have their names and everything. So ever since the Invention Secrecy Act of 1951, we've our planet has been uh, you know, technologically hijacked and retarded. Mm-hmm. I mean... Think well, about they're it. doing the same thing in the medical world with everything, with the, the technology that's available. They killed off uh, Royal Rice and anyone who's created um, support to, I mean, cancer has been resolved easily uh, yep. 50 to 1,000 times, uh, you know, 50 that I know of, but probably billions that I don't know of. And they just do not want the technology because... They want the population control, which is also another program that's going on, you know, with, with the kids, TikTok and everything. It's like, there's too many people. There's too many people. So, like, even young kids are not wanting to have babies or, you know, to to get fixed, you know, to not be a part of the problem. You know, mm-hmm. so this tech thing is a big issue. It is a big issue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just think of it. Release this technology, you'd be able to populate. There's a whole lot of area on this planet that can be, um, um, how do you say, uh, you know, homesteaded. Any of that could be in remote areas. You could have, you know, water, power, everything that you need. And in fact, if with with being able to travel off planet, there's the galaxy is full of planets. So if we had take people off to other planets we could do that so that the overpopulation thing uh nothing makes sense in this world unless you understand that there's that there is indeed a global elite that uh has been the ones that that funded you know the nazis back in world war ii and um they uh essentially want to um they, they want to keep all this advanced technology essentially for themselves and they want to reduce the population and enslave that small in their interest. Uh, and then when you plug that into the formula, all of a sudden everything makes perfect sense in the world. Everything that doesn't, that it seems like this is crazy. This doesn't make any sense. Uh, if you plug that in, to the formula, all of a sudden the world makes perfect sense what's going on. But exactly. when they control the media, 
And this is, um, as I said, I was an ex-ABC newsman, so it took kind of an interest in how the media is going to deal with this. And how they did it was generational indoctrination. Yeah. Because when you're, a, when you're a little kid, your mom and dad watched the news, and they didn't have any reason to question. Mm -hmm. And when you grew into adulthood, you kind of took that assumption. And, and after generation after generation, uh, you tend to believe what the news anchor person is saying. Um, and so, you know, they, I guess they, they have a name for those, they call the normies, you know, that, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, watch MSNBC and read New York Times yeah, and all yeah. this that, uh, and they're all centrally controlled. They don't understand that uh, they, at the end of World War II, the Nazis fully escaped and they rewrote the history of what happened in World War II by the Rockefeller Foundation in 1946. And 1950, they started Operation Mockingbird with about 400 journalists that the CIA was paying them to put out information. And, uh, and that we had first contact back in February 1954 with the Galactic Federation, which Eisenhower wanted to accept what they were offering. But MJ-12, behind their back, uh, entered into an agreement with the uh, regressive group of extraterrestrials. Mm -hmm. And so, it, and he was planning on having a radio and television disclosure in May of 1954. But instead, what happened is they started up the Bilderberg meetings, which control, along with the Council of Foreign Relations and Trilateral, the six corporations that control everything that you see and hear. And so they created, see, they had this plan before the end of World War II called, uh, in German, it's, it's a, Welt, if I don't screw it up, let's see. Weltanschauungskrieg means worldview warfare. They plan to infiltrate in and create a uh, matrix of perception uh, by controlling education, media, you know, air, all, going into high positions. They, they put people in the pharmaceutical corporations all over the place. And so they, they created this... Uh, perception that generations were uh, indoctrinated into in order to hide these operations. Well, they, they had their secret space program. They had anti-gravity, the Germans, back in 1934. Yep. We didn't have it until October of 1954. And, you know, we, you know, Elon Musk with rockets and stuff, you know, it was like... Yeah. Uh, you know, we've got, uh, we've got this uh, Truman Show kind of thing going on. Uh, and, you know, people are, uh, there's this global awakening. People are starting to catch on the glitches of this reality that we've, uh, we, we've been born into. Yeah. Um, I'm of an older generation, so I've got, you know, see Walter Cronkite and all the, uh, you know, the, uh, how, how it shifted, you know, and, and our parents you didn't have a clue about this stuff, you know? no. no. I mean, how far we've come, even just just in in my lifetime. Um, I, I'd, I'd say since since sort of nine eleven that things have really hotted up, sort of politically and globally. Um, it's been very obvious. Um, oh, the glitches in that one, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so you know, the picture behind you, um, to, to those that may not know, is you were part of of a, an oh, attempt yeah. disclosure. Yeah, uh, Dr. Greer there. Um, there's there's 20, 20 of us yep. 
that each stated were willing to testify under oath, that's penalty of perjury, yeah. and breaking national security oaths. Now, we were 20 that were willing to go before the cameras of the mainstream media. We were backed by over 500 military intelligence witnesses. But, you know, it doesn't matter if you have 10,000 military intelligence. If you control the media, yeah. it doesn't matter. And, and in a sense, disclosure has happened by you guys, but it was hush-hush, shut down. Um, you know, you tried to tell us and... and you know, it was just like you say, it was, was it um, Bush senior who was head of the CIA when you did that? Or was, or was he president? Sorry. Was at that time. Um, uh, that was uh, uh, Bush junior at that in Bush 2001. Um, in fact, one of the witnesses talked about Bush senior denying uh, see, president Carter had a UFO <laughs> report he actually filed and he made it his campaign promise to release yeah. the ufo files and uh, uh attorney daniel sheehan one of the 20 witnesses testified that uh he was denied access uh, sitting president was denied access to the ufo files by bush senior um and it goes back to it goes back to essentially we lost control during the Eisenhower administration where uh, somewhat of a surrender had to, uh, an agreement had to be made. And ever since uh, Eisenhower, well, Kennedy, 10 days before he was assassinated, he tried to get the UFO files. Uh, Alan Dell set up an, ass an assassination directive. He was uh, MJ1. And then... Uh, and then after that, uh, let's see, then it was Carter and then uh, Bill Clinton. He, uh, he wanted to find out about the UFO files. Yeah. And the little lady who uh, was the famed White House correspondent, Sarah McClendon, who sponsored this, this event uh, in 2001, she was with him and asking him, you know, why aren't you uh, disclosing this? And he said to her, quote, Sarah, there's a secret government in the government, and I don't control it. And he had a CIA director, James Woolsey, look into it. This is 1993. The CIA director is denied access. Um, he, he, he exhausted his military intelligence community uh, channels and brought in a civilian, Dr. Stephen Greer, who was... Uh, Head of the, he was a director for the Center for the Study of Extraterrestrial Intelligence. So they brought in a civilian, and he brought in a huge stack of papers establishing the reality. And he says, "I know the subject's real. I'm trying to figure out why the hell I can't gain access to it." And so uh, Dr. Greer met with military advisors back then, and uh, he suggested started collecting witnesses. And that's how all these hundreds of witnesses. I was, I was the hundredth videotaped witness. Um, of all these things uh and then it was uh interesting in 1993 you know in my 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 researching of this subject i um the first time robert lazar the you know the s4 scientist yep, yep. went public uh, there was a small group of uh researchers meeting outside of area 51 in a kind of a tent setup we and bob lazar no video recording was allowed whatsoever, right? Yeah. 
And but I was in the front row and I had my camcorder going and recorded the full two hours. Uh, the webmatrix.net uh, 1993 timeline, you can watch it. Uh, he's been consistent, his testimony over the decades. But uh, what this event uh, created was uh, the base, you know, Nellis Air Force Base, the Area 51. They, uh, <laughs> they went into complete lockdown. And uh, a classified NRO advisory document, National Reconnaissance Office, that listed these in the distribution list, unacknowledged special access projects such as Cosmic Ops, Magi, Magi Ops. These operations were reverse engineering extraterrestrial technologies. Somehow, Dr. Greer was able to acquire this, uh, this classified document. And in 1997, he went with uh, astronaut Edgar Mitchell and Commander Will Miller to the Pentagon to meet with the head of intelligence for the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Vice Admiral Thomas Wilson. The Admiral, in his constitutional authority, should have had access, if anybody, being the head of intelligence you know, for the Joint Chiefs. He was denied access. He was not only denied access, but he was threatened. He, he was told to back off, and he would see a, a loss in rank and early retirement if he looked into it any further. And so he was mad as hell. And he told Dr. Greer, you know, if you can get your people willing to testify under oath, uh, go, you have my permission to go before the mainstream media with this. This group is, quote, illegal. And so that's what brought about this 2001 event. And that's the that's a little bit of history on that. You, when we were talking offline, Dan, um, you you gave me a, a very brief description of a, a personal experience that you'd had. Are you prepared to go into that with with the the extraterrestrial and what you told me? Is that okay? <laughs> oh yeah, that's more of the. The metaphysical area, you know. Um, <laughs> we like metaphysical here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they got me into researching crystals and everything. Yeah. Um, well, I, uh, I had a, an, ex, an exchange with a being that, uh, with a Kundalini opening back in 1977, that the being projected a sphere in space. And as I, I didn't know anything about what platonic solids, sacred geometry, any of this stuff. And it was incredible loving energy from the being, and but incredible intensity of uh, like thousands of volts going through my hands and my feet as it's like as though they had to lift my level up to in order to convey something. And so as I watched, it looked like a star tetrahedron formed in the sphere, then another you know, isosahedron, the decahedron, you know, is going into one geometry into another and went into infinity. And then it turned back into a sphere. And I don't know if this was purely, um, as you would say, uh, a, a metaphor of teaching or if it was actually science that was based on it was it's conveying to me but it left a burning desire and what the what i got from the being was that each of us are in actuality uh, uh, again i don't know if this is a metaphor or actually science uh 
a total sphere which contains all the harmonics of all the geometries. Mm-hmm. And that uh, at any particular point in our evolution, we're oscillating on a particular frequency geometry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, like, the star te- <laughs> like the Merkaba star tetrahedron. Yeah, yeah that was I've the had, first. I had that the was same first... encounter, some similar encounter. But yeah, interesting. The same thing with the feeling of, can you guys hear me okay? It's, it's quiet, but we can hear you. Um, same thing with the the feeling in my body and just the overpowering love and just feeling like it was coming from all sides and through me of just a complete overwhelmed feeling of like love and energy. Mm. But yeah, go ahead. But anyway. Love and energy. Yeah. So <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so what, what it was conveying was that, um, at any particular point in our evolution that, uh, we, um, can it's like we're, we can be conscious of the of the lower harmonics of of that but not of the higher uh but through love we are able to um move from one frequency geometry up to the next higher in our path of evolution um and let's see was there more to that <laughs> it seems kind of simple huh um simple <laughs> yeah i mean you, you spoke about um how it gave you a sort of an understanding or a desire to understand crystals more how, how did that come into it yeah well after the experience i started to i mean it's 1977 there wasn't a whole lot of metaphysical books on that subject but everyone that was out there i grabbed my hands on it and i was like hungry to understand and i was looking at these books i meant my god that's it yeah the one fitting into the other and the geometry and uh my god you know as i start to research i start to find that oh my god the the planet uh and all the all this the sun and all the all the planets all have this uh star tetrahedron at the 19.47 degree where the points are uh, you know like the, the sunspots the uh where the pyramid is uh, the great red spot on jupiter all the planetary spheres have this geometry even the orbits have this platonic uh, sun and i started to find our our dna uh has these uh geometries within it and i you know, starting to find out that uh, it, it was interesting. In um, in 2001, after the congressional hearing was denied, uh, I met with a group of uh, scientists at a private home in San Francisco. And uh, there was a lot of amazing scientists uh, there. Um, Mark Cummings was one of them who's disappeared that had a, uh, he's a physicist out of Berkeley, was able to get a crystal that uh, was able to produce a huge amount of power and was glowing and levitating. And the the SWAT team came in and completely cleaned his laboratory out. Anyway, all these different scientists had, this was my beginning journey on (laughs) trying to, you know, see what's out there with science that's being uh, suppressed. Anyway, one of the scientists there, his name was Nassim Harriman, He's a Swiss nuclear, uh, I mean, a Swiss uh, theoretical physicist, rather. And uh, he was on his laptop and he was sharing with me this energy device that had, using geometry, was powering this light bulb. And it, it kind of made me want to share my 
experience I had back in 1977. So I shared with him the geometry. Is that, and he said, yes, that's it. That's the structure of the matrix. And as I researched his work later, you know, with the uh, 64 tetrahedron grid, and as I um, uh, found out there was more and more. But anyway, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of time. Uh, back into the uh, early 1980s, I, I drove in the middle of a storm from San Diego to San Jose to meet with Dr. Marcel Vogel, who was still working with IBM. And uh, he had an unusual experience with plant communication. He was... <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. He, uh, uh, he had to give this course of creativity for 30 engineers. He was a, this a creative genius. I mean, he had hundreds of patents and he had created the magnetic coating for hard drives, the red and blue phosphors for color television, liquid crystals. I mean, the guy was a, you know, an incredible, incredible genius. Um, so he was giving his course and he read this article about Cleve Baxter plant communication. Yes. And he thought, oh, this would be good for the, uh, this would be good for the engineers. And at first he crumpled it up and threw it in the trash and he thought, this is garbage. But he said, no, I'm going to hook it up. So he hooked his script chart recorder up to a, a split leaf philodendron. He burned the plant leaf, and the chart went. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as the thought formed in his mind to do it again, the chart went. Yep. He said that squiggle changed his, 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 changed his life. He was the kind of mind that once, he, once there was he got a question in his mind, he wouldn't let up. When he was 13 years old, he set up a laboratory in his father's backyard uh, to study how fireflies glowed. This is the kind of mind he was. Um, and so, anyway, make a long story short, because this gets into a lot of detail. But anyway, he uh, was doing a, a lecture at a science mind church, and uh, a lady gave him a crystal, and he thought, oh, this is woo-woo stuff. And then... Uh, a colleague of him at IBM had a back injury. And see, when he was working with the plants, he found that he was studying pranayama yoga of breathing. And he found that when he pulsed his breath, he, he got a much bigger reaction. In fact, he, uh, he went from the, the laboratory from seven miles away with his colleague and psychically tuned into the plant and could make it squiggle. And then he went all the way on the other side of the planet to Prague, Czechoslovakia and uh, tuned into the plant and he could make it squiggle. So, you know, the, the distance doesn't matter. Um, and so... Um, hey, Dan. Uh, I've done some similar studies. I, uh, can you guys hear me? I hope you can hear me. People can, you can hear you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of weak, but yes. Uh, forgive yeah, my bad so, hearing. I'll uh, try to... <laughs> Catch the it all. Same thing with the the blood of a plant. Uh, we've done some tests on it, and uh, so basically essential oils. Depending on if you're using a real essential oil, it can go through TSA, and it'll die. You could see that it's dead, and within four hours, it'll resurrect itself. It comes back to life. But we've had the same quantum um, testing where even the blood of a plant, which is alive. Um, so it's like the DNA of a plant versus our DNA is, uh, there's something in this, the, the essential oils that's alive, 
um, but Baxter is a hero of mine. I'm glad you brought that up, but keep going. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so uh, anyway, he got in the crystals and he had this, this uh, dream about uh, doing it in a diapyramidal uh, configuration. You know, something. Ah, let me grab one of these things. <laughs> like this, you oh, know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and. Ah, okay. Um, so anyway, we we're working with two dozen medical doctors in the San Francisco Bay Area and having incredible success. Uh, I drove up in the middle of the storm, knocked on his door, first time I ever met him, and um, he turned off all the lights and played classical music for about a half an hour. And I was sitting on the couch with this, uh, one of the medical doctors he was working with, and a knock came on the door, and this woman with her daughter had this tumor that was protruding about a half an inch or something on her ankle. And I watched with this doctor and he did the procedure with the crystal and the breath and dematerialized it in front of our eyes. I mean, actually gone out of the 3D physical reality, gone. Uh, that left a lasting impression on me. Uh, so I knew this go? That's, that, that, that was my first question. Where did it go? <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, the crystal has a way of coupling multiple dimensions when you understand we are indeed holographic and that we, from our soul, higher vibrational pattern forms the lower 3D physical pattern and not vice versa. And that when you uh, go into that higher level where it has the blueprint of what our 3D pattern is, and you're able to, using what he did was use the technique with, with the breath, with the intention. Yeah. Uh, it had incredible, incredible uh, healing situations, you know, with that. And so um, he, uh, in the first ones he made was uh, these foresighted ones. He made this one as a gift for me because I went, I drove all the way to the mines in Arkansas and got, a whole bunch of crystals for all the doctors, you know, to be able to cut. Um, I helped set up some of the laboratory equipment. It had a full-on laboratory, electron microscopes, spectrophotometers, you know, measuring, quantifying this. It wasn't just, uh, you know, woo-woo stuff. We were actually quantifying this. Um, and uh, the uh, first time he, uh, he gave that to me, I was flying back on a plane and... There, he was a football player in pain holding his knee just had knee surgery on it and he was in pain and i was thinking oh my god you know well this is i guess an opportunity um i, I introduced myself i said i'm not a doctor i'm a kind of an experimental scientist and if you'd like we can try some you know <laughs> and so we did the procedure on it and he got off the plane he's pointing to me from his parents and like guy he fixed my leg but i didn't i didn't do it i uh facilitated him in healing himself yes you know because um you know the procedure is basically you know asking you shall receive you know you ask and you go on the higher level and and through the breath and be able to couple the dimensions with the crystal and work with the person in, in harmony with the person. And um, yeah, you have amazing things happen, you know, with that. You know, this is this 
this is primitive stuff, you know, compared well, to what yeah. we're going to be doing in the future. One of the yeah. things I worked on with this camera that could move backwards and forwards into time, that could holographically project in 3D, it was made in the 1950s called the Delaware camera. And my job was to bring the 1950s electronics up to 1980s <laughs> electronics <laughs> that could um, be able to real time see what was going on. What you do is you take a drop of blood or whatever uh, for a witness and radionically attuned to it. And there would be sound oscillators. This thing stood about five and a half feet tall and it would project in three axes a a hologram in 3D that would be captured on a photographic plate. And the, say, for example, this woman was pregnant with a, with a baby that was 50 miles away. And we're able to tune backwards and forwards into time. And what's interesting was um, Alex Collier. Are you familiar with him? Yeah, I know Alex uh, Collier, yeah. yeah. The Andromedas says that the Andromedas describe the MedBed technology as being able to take a holographic, they call it a camera of all things, <laughs> be able to take a holographic picture of you. And this picture contains temporal aspects of you going all the way back to the point of your conception. And what they do is, I mean, this is incredible advanced technology. Uh, what I worked on was primitive in comparison, but it substantiated the principles that you can tune through time in the holographic field. And what they're able to do is assemble the most optimal parts of all your body when everything was optimal, your heart, your lungs, your brain, everything, and make a new hologram and overlay that over to your existing one. And it age reverses and heals you incredibly like magic uh in these medbed technologies so this was something i worked on that was built and patented by the european patent office and thousands of photos were made i mean it's, it definitely worked um the camera disappeared since marcel died and um so um anyway that was some of the that's my more metaphysical aspects besides my disclosure um yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, the, the, the point I was going to make next was, was how these link in, you know, the, the, the kind of disclosure, the secret space program and the technologies that they have in that program, which, which to us, I mean, we joke about, I say joke, some people, uh, you know, Star Trek and Star Wars, mm. it's not that far removed from what's going on, is it, if I'm not mistaken? Oh, it blew me away that, uh, you know, I used to love when I was a kid, you know, Outer Limits and things like that. And you find out that uh, Leslie, uh, Leslie Stevens, who was the creator of Outer Limits, his father was Admiral Leslie Stevens, uh, connected with Admiral uh, Rick Boda, who was working with the 29 Navy spies embedded into the Nazi secret space program. And that uh, the Galactic Federation was working with uh Gene Roddenberry to give him the script in order to wow. seed in the collective mind on Earth, uh, you know, the concepts of warp drives, teleportation, and most importantly, you know, the prime directive yeah. uh, that, um, you know, all this was to put into the imagination, you know, the power of Hollywood, of being able to put ideas and concepts into people's minds and you know, the secret societies, they know very well that 
there is a collective morphogenic hive mind and that what many people see and imagine creates yes yes exactly uh, i mean i mean hollywood and entertainment we talk a lot about that on this show don't we Chanel? um just just how they like you say they influence consciousness um and so, some bad obviously but th there is a lot of good out there as well i mean i my daughter's making me watch the marvel films um mm -hmm. and there is so much in those films that i'm like they're telling us what's going on here you know um, oh, a lot of soft disclosure going on yeah yeah exactly and like you say it's seeding their minds uh very gently and su probably subconsciously um but it's sad because they, they're thinking they're, they're watching science fiction when the real thing, it's real. It's true. Exactly. <laughs> you know, which is a stretch for a lot of people, you know, they imagine that there's a galactic federation, that there's ships out there that people have no idea about. And that uh, recently we've having like these arcs activated that are across the planet. Uh, and the incredible technologies that are on board, uh, you know, the Solar Warden craft. In fact, uh, this event inspired Gary McKinnon, the UK hacker. You know him well. Yeah, I know him. Yeah, yeah. I know, <laughs> you know well. he, he didn't make that stuff up. You know, he saw the USSS Hillencotter. Who was who Hillencotter? He was MJ1 of the first MJ12 group and the first CIA director. And, uh, and the ones that signed us off to the, the negative agendas is that is that right in eisenhower's uh presidency if i've got that right oh that was, was during that? truman truman set up the first mj12 right. group and okay. uh and uh you know gary mckinnon discovered the solar warden program they wanted to put the poor lad away for 70 years in prison for uh having a curiosity that that was uh seeded by this uh event that i participated in mm. and uh they don't want the they didn't want the people to know that we have advanced, uh, I mean, the, the technology on board the spacecraft and, I mean, the replicators, the med beds, the, uh, I mean, you name it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they understand the matrix. They understand that everything is holographic and everything can be uh, created out of, um, out of this matrix. You know, I was, uh, I had a, a show recently with uh, my friend John Charles, who's um, part of the uh, Solar Warden. That's interesting. <laughs> I think, oh, oh, I think something's going on. Carry on, sorry. <laughs> John Charles. Yes, yes, John Charles, my dear friend, uh, part of the French secret space program. He was on board the Solaris, which is one of the Solar Warden craft and talking about the replicators on board and how you uh, you can program a med bed to get 10 hours of sleep with, with in about eight minutes uh, wow. that, um, you know, we've, have... we've just got to get this technology out. I mean, you know, that's why we love doing these shows and that's why we, 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 we have them because we, we need to stop looking to the mainstream media to, to feed us and to wait for them to confirm whether something is true or not. You know, we, we have people like yourself who are bravely speaking about these things and your own experiences and your own encounters. Um, and, you know, we speak to a lot of other people as well. And, and I think this is this is really grassroots and that's where it's going to happen, I believe, from the ground up. 
Yeah, that's the only reason I do these shows. You know, I have no zero financial interest in any of this stuff. I just yeah. want to be contributing like many other many thousands, millions of people that uh, I have a small little piece in this whole thing. And I uh, and, and when you start to when you start to research and look at this, you know, it's like uh, the transition from. <laughs> from the generational indoctrination to the truth that's been hidden it's like one oh my god after another oh my god this is this is this is real uh and there's so much substantiating evidence i started collecting a media company wanted me to write an article on the control of mainstream media with the ufo issue which i gladly accepted because i was yeah. trying to figure out what the heck happened <laughs> you know back then 20 years ago yeah and so the way I found to understand this subject is to, from the beginning of the 20th century, started plugging in all these witness testimonies and all these authenticated classified documents. And then when you start plugging them all in, uh, they all start to indicate and point in one direction. You can't say you, you know anything 100% for sure, right? But unless you, know, you had a personal experience. But there's indications that show that there's a very high probability that a certain reality is, such as a secret space program, is indeed going on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I mean, you know, I was I was referred to was it Donald Rumsfeld who announced on September the 10th, 2001, uh, so many trillions of dollars are missing, um, and obviously the next day we all know what happened and everybody, everybody forgot about that. So my question is, is where's that money gone? It has to be in these kinds of, of level of projects. So basically they told us and then just, just wiped it. Do, would, would, do you think? That's oh yeah. The false, the false flag events. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I was involved in uh, combat action in Vietnam because of the Gulf of Tonkin uh, way back mm -hmm. then. Uh, in fact, in 2001, uh, it was disclosed, you know, Werner von Braun's deathbed testimony, right, one, yeah. one false flag after another that they had planned. And what was the next one they had planned? This was May of 2001. And the next one was going to be terrorists and what happened in September of 2001. Yeah. And then after that, what's going to happen is rogue nations. And what happened was we had North Korea, Iran. And then the next one's uh, asteroids. I mean, you know, they have the technology to pull something like that off. And the final one being the extraterrestrial uh, false flag threat to come in. Um, and so this was revealed, you know, but it wasn't uh, covered by the mainstream media. No, of course not, no. I just wanted to um, talk, you mentioned before about the, these arcs, um, I've heard that there's one in, in Ukraine that, that, that a lot of what's going on over there has something to do with this. Do you have anything on that at all or, or any, any, any? I haven't heard about the, you know, uh, Jean Charles actually went with uh, Elena uh, down to the one in Lake Vostok in uh, Antarctica. Mm. Uh, supposedly there's one in, I don't have any direct firsthand knowledge of this, mm. but, you know, there's about nine of them. And one on the moon, and they all have uh, they all have these interesting uh, uh, like these suspended water spheres that uh, they're they're actually portals. So they all link together. They all jump. You can go from one arc to the other, and they uh, they they respond to DNA, which is 
consistent with what, you know, I've interviewed a number of these secret space program people. And, you know, you have to have some of the alien DNA in order to uh, interact uh, with some of this technology. So it's, it's DNA uh, dependent. And would that be sort of one of the reasons why certain people are selected as abductees and used in, you know, these 20 and backs um, sort of scenarios that they are carrying a certain DNA? I, you know, your guess is as good as mine on that, but that sounds, you know, they, they do seem to deal with families. Families seem to have uh, yes. experiences going on, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I was just saying that they're, they're, they're obviously obsessed with, with, with bloodlines. You know, all the elites, they're all about these, these 13 bloodlines because they know that, um, you know, what the, 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 their genetic makeup isn't the same as maybe what they class as the, the common man, you know. Um, but, I mean, another really fascinating topic that I've looked into is that, that mm. some of these... Um, advanced civilizations have been implanting their DNA into people for the raising of the consciousness of humanity. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, I think this ties in with the secrets, with the space program, personally. Um, I mean, funny enough, um, I don't, do you know Tony Rodriguez, his, his testimony? Yeah, yeah, I did a show on crystals with Tony just, oh, really? uh, just, re just recently, uh, and he, uh, he got himself a... <laughs> Uh, Crystal uh, recommended, uh, and uh, okay. we did kind of an exercise. Yeah, Tony, he's a yeah, he, he's a good friend. Well, we're we're, we're interviewing him uh, for next week, next week's oh, show. Oh, excellent! Um, yeah, so he's, he's such, a, nicely. such a credible being. You know, he, he just exactly. radiates authenticity, and I mean, yeah. his experience. Oh my God! You know, his experience. Uh, and the memory he's got, you know, because obviously they do, they take you on these 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 um, twenty and backs, and then obviously they erase your memory of it and plant you back where you were. Um, and so often the, these guys have a, an experience that will trigger a memory or something. Um, and and with Tony, it's just come flooding back, you know, and he's and he's written his book. Um, you know, do, do you, have you met people who've had these experiences and, and have memories or? Um, you know, sort of in these projects? Well, you know, ever since, uh, you know, since the, um, since the Draco, the Sakaar Empire helped the, uh, the Nazi SS back in the 30s, then Annika developed their, that's why, <laughs> that's why Eisenhower had to surrender when you think about Operation High Jump and the flyover in 52 and everything. They basically were intimidating them and so into a surrender. So the uh, the Nordics have been uh, helping the U.S. Navy, uh, and they launched the Solar Warden program back in 1980. Which uh, what's 20 years after 1980? Year 2000. Which uh, Michael Relf, you know, the first of the uh, secret space program, remember having total memory recall of the service in space, and then a whole bunch of people followed. Tony and many others uh, afterward that are starting to have, and there'll probably be a lot more that uh, hopefully they don't have to do this in the future where they erase the people's memories. You can imagine if they open up the truth about this whole thing, you know, little people that will 
be happy to recruit to go and work in space and to help you know protect our our planet from uh, nefarious uh I, I understand there's a barrier up around our solar system and that they're uh, assisting us right now with building a star fleet to protect um the uh the nebu which is the greys and the sakar empire which is the draco that have been i understand i don't have direct knowledge that they have been cleared out of our solar system so that we can get to a point where we can protect ourselves but right now we have the situation where we need to have a certain critical mass of awakening of a public that's been hoodwinked and lied and deceived for decades uh, in order for our planet to move forward on a positive timeline and and release these technologies you know I'd, i'd love to be able to get back into my 20s <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, well, with the only, uh, yeah. Only we have the knowledge of what we know now. I, I don't want to start over unless I know what I know now. <laughs> oh yeah, don't lose our yeah, well, our lessons, our life lessons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I would love to see the uh, corrupt medical system. It's so corrupted. My oh, great grandfather cool. was the president of the Homeopathic Medical Society. But Nat was going up against Rockefeller, who was fighting people with doing natural remedies and medicines and stuff like that. And the, the medical system, you know, the CDC brought in all these Nazi scientists and everything. Yeah. Um, doctors that, uh, you know, the whole system is so, uh, our medical system is so corrupt. It could be so dismantled and healing centers set up so that there's just way too much suffering on this planet that's needless. Oh, totally. And and obviously they want to keep us, uh, I say us, uh, keep people sick and, and medicate them. They don't want them healed um, and strong and healthy. They want them medicated and obviously then the, the money aspect all comes into it. And it's just a, just a, a matrix of corruption. And haven't we just seen that over the past two years with everything that's going on? I mean, the crazy pandemic was just was just. Oh it, yeah, I mean, it's stuff we can't so talk obvious. about because your YouTube will be taken down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and you know everybody who's even watching this stuff is aware of what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the, uh, with the, with the venom, the venom. Uh, I guess you would say it. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. discovering what it, what it really is. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen like a fair bit of dispute over that one. I have watched that that documentary, um, and some people are saying it's a psyop. But I guess you're always going to get that, aren't you? Um, I, but I, I think, for for me, it's about having hope and being the hope, and um, that we're the ones that are here to to manifest this and to create this this reality, this timeline. Oh. Hundred percent with you. I'm totally optimistic and filled with hope, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and that's why I'm, I'm doing some of these uh, these shows with crystals, you know, to uh, seed into the into the collective mind with many viewers to uh, imagine a world that yeah. is, you know, one that all of us in our heart we desire to see, and we know because of if you've done any kind of research you know that's completely attainable and that we can manifest that kind of world here and yeah. so you know use this, use the magic in in the in a benevolent way rather than in the dark way the way they use it 
exactly exactly i mean we speak a lot about that on this show don't we sean now that you know energy is energy it's how you use it it's your intention um and and if it's used nefariously you know it, it will produce negative results but but we can use these same techniques these same methods uh, to manifest the light the good you know the benevolent world that we're all here for exactly yeah, yeah. So you well, want to say and, and that's what we need yeah. to do i hope you guys can hear me we're gonna have to pop off here but um i'm definitely gonna have to have you back dan on um a whole thing with crystals we gotta have you back for sure and because yeah we'll have to do one in crystals and do a I little uh, exercise yeah. of uh imagination and visualization and intent and awesome. uh, yeah. seated yeah. into the uh, collective <laughs> yes 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 well, uh, again, apologize so much for all this tech stuff. And um, again, uh, we definitely got to have you back when we have a better internet connection over here that won't be so distracting from the powerful information and all the content that you brought here today. Was just, uh, I hope your kitty's okay, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> more than my cat, but yes. And um, love your wife. She's amazing. Uh, talk to her quite a bit on every now and then on the internet and it seems like we're tracking uh, quite a bit so um, how can people contact you get your information do you have a website or anything or how can, how can we get it's not a professional site uh, from the media company I, I, I put it up on the web matrix.net uh, it's just my chronology of, of notes. It's not a professional site, but just to share you know, all of the, the timeline events have references to it. And so it's not complete by any means. There's so many more details, but at least it'll help a person get going on seeing, oh my God, this is real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, we thank you so much for your time and you. definitely uh, we'll be in touch about a new date to get you back on and um, my pleasure. Thanks. We'll do it again. Most yeah, definitely. And thank you, Craig, for helping with all this today. <laughs> I always appreciate and love doing hosting with you. And thanks everybody who's watching too. And apologies to again to all of you guys watching for all that um, stuff and tech issues are just a thing right now, apparently. But um, love all of y'all. Go to swiftfire.org, get on the newsletter. Definitely hit the subscribe to and share. Yep. Um, if you're not subscribed, then you won't get any information on the upcoming um, interviews that we have. And again, we have Tony Rodriguez next week, and I know you guys are going to want to tune in for that. And and we have several others coming up on the books that I know you guys are going to be interested in. So love you so much. You guys have an awesome Thursday, and um, thanks, thanks you too. Mm -hmm. I would wave, but I'm holding my phone, and I'm <laughs> holding the microphone, so I have, like, no more hands to to wave so i'll just like nod my head with a wave and you guys are awesome we'll talk soon thanks sean i'll speak soon oh. right, bye. blessings thank you <laughs> is it gone